0: being vulnerable and sharing elements of who you are in ways that other people are kind of scared to, it allows you to realize how interconnected we are and how important your mindset shift is to help you find fulfillment in life.
1: Happy holidays, and welcome to episode 17. And my guest today is Stephanie Fager, who is a passionate communicator who believes that a shift in perspective can help people live truly fulfilling lives. After working in the public relations and marketing industry for over 15 years, she learned that happiness isn't found in what society deems important and felt a calling to help others reach their fullest potential while embracing all that life has to offer. In a recently published book, Color Today Pretty, an inspirational guide to living a life in perspective, Stephanie invites others to change their lives by using her guide to finding perspective from within. Now an author, professional speaker, motivational blogger, book publicist, and home decor business owner, Stephanie connects her passion for embracing creativity with her dedication to helping others live life in perspective. She's a Louisville native and lives with her husband, Corey, and their three kids, Eli, Lindy, and Luke. To learn more about Stephanie, go to www.colortodaypretty.com. She has a wonderful message to share with all of us as we begin to move into 2019. And for those in the accounting profession, as we move into that busy time of year, busy season, but I'd like to Prefer to call it, you know, that opportunity season that awaits us. Before we get to the interview, I received an Amazon book review from Douglas Warren, who is the CEO of Warren Jackson CPAs in Sweetwater, Tennessee. He writes, Peter does an outstanding job demonstrating how to present numbers to a non-number audience. It is useful information that can be used in any presentation, can help make the presenter look like a rock star, I highly recommend this book for anyone who presents financial data and wants to make it interesting and relative to their audience, whomever they may be. I've already used many of the insights in his book. Doug, thank you so very much for the book review, and I'm glad that you found some tips and techniques to make the numbers interesting, as well as your purchase of 10 additional copies for your team and for some of your clients. Thank you again, Doug. Taking the numb out of numbers will transform your ability to communicate technical financial information in greater context through analogies, metaphors, and storytelling. Put another way, translate complex financial information into plain English so your audience will gain a deeper understanding. The book is available on Amazon.com, in paperback, and in Kindle, so stop what you're doing, immediately stop right now, and go buy it today. If you'd like to purchase 10 or more copies, please contact me at peter at petermargaritas.com for bulk discounts. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Stephanie Fager. Hey everybody, I'm with uh, Stephanie Fager, a fellow Kentuckian, better yet, a fellow UK Fan, So we've spent, I don't know, about 10 minutes even before we started the podcast talking about, oh, that was the Duke game. So let's just move Mm -hmm. forward past that. Can we
0: ignore that one? Yeah, yeah.
1: Let's just just kind of ignore it. That's a learning curve. That's a learning curve. Totally. (laughs) Stephanie, I I thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be on my podcast. We've had a, a couple of health issues between the two of us, had to postpone this, but finally we're together. Looking forward to our conversation. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much. And, hey, I'd love to be with another Kentuckian. The problem is you don't have the accent, and I'm stuck with it.
1: Uh, no, I have the accent. Um, but since I've been in Ohio, it takes just a sip of bourbon. And I tell you what, it'll come right out.
0: Oh, see. <laughs>
1: See, I know we should, how to,
0: we should have this all prepped with some bourbon
1: next week. you. <laughs> next, next, time, next time, maybe so. Um, but it, uh, every now and then, it, it will slip out even without the uh, in, in enhancement of some bourbon. But uh, I do know how to say the city that you live in, Louisville.
0: Good. Yes, I always say you got to. We don't. I, I make a joke. I'm like, we don't have a lot of money here. We just slur words because every word is count costs more. So we just Louisville. Just Louisville. throw it together. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Just somebody said, just throw a bunch of marbles in your mouth and say, whoa. That's, <laughs> that's that, perfect. That's perfect. Stephanie, give the, uh, the audience a little bit of an idea of, uh, of your background.
0: Sure, sure. So I have uh, actually have about 15 plus years of experience in marketing and communications. And I've absolutely loved that profession. Although I was telling you a little bit earlier that uh, my dream was always to go into theater. So it's been interesting because I feel like I have the opportunity to kind of merge that. And doing PR and marketing has a little theatrical elements too. But I did that for about 15 years. But something within me didn't feel like settled. There was something more I was supposed to do. I think many of us go through that in our life where you think you've hit your, you know, where your success track is taking and you feel all great. And you know, if you keep going, that you're going to reach where you want to go. And I was there, but there was something within saying, Stephanie, nope, you're not doing what I need you to do. There's more to do. And at that point, I started to really listen to where I needed to go. And I found myself shifting a bit And I've started to realize that I needed to put my perspective lens on to see that. And it's just interesting how that evolved because it turned into me actually writing a book and it's been published here in the past few months. And now I do professional speaking and marketing communications consulting. And Peter, I would never have thought I'd be here. So you call yourself the accidental accountant. I'm the (laughs) accidental author. It's been an amazing journey.
1: Yeah, and, and the first time I, I met Stephanie, we had the same book coach, and her book was getting ready to come out, and she did this marketing presentation on a webcast that uh, Kathy Fayak, our book coach, was having. And I'm going, "Oh my god!" Hold, hold, hold on, and I I screenshot a bunch of your slides.
0: Love your heart. I could have just emailed them to you,
1: my friend. I know, I, I know, <laughs> but I, I literally I, 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 I screenshot them, and, and because they were so good, and they were so and. and this is my second go around with the book. So I knew some stuff, but some of the stuff that you were bringing to the table, I went, oh, this is really, really good. So yeah, I, I was screenshotting screenshot it and just used it. Yeah, I thought I'd say that if I just remembered it this morning. I said I should probably let you know that. Probably- that's
0: really awesome. That's really awesome. It just goes to show that we never know the impact or what we can do to help other people. And so you should always put yourself out there because you have the potential to continue to help other people in ways you would never have dreamed possible. So that's awesome.
1: You're welcome. And you just said something put yourself out there. That's not easy to do.
0: No, it's actually very scary, very scary. But here it was, here I was, you know, working in a corporate world and doing everything you're supposed to. But something within me felt like I needed to be put myself out there and be vulnerable. And I found that. In being vulnerable and sharing elements of who you are in ways that other people are kind of scared to, it allows you to realize how interconnected we are and how important my, your mindset shift is to help you find fulfillment in life. Not, not to talk too much in the clouds, but you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's really scary for some. Uh, it's that I, I think it's just the, the pure. Fear of failure. That if I if I am vulnerable, they'll see my 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 weaknesses. And, and but you know, I was talking to um, a friend of mine, uh, Merle Heckman, who I've interviewed before on this podcast. And he goes, Pete, I like I, I I love to listen to people when they tell me their faults, when they tell me their failures, when they tell me their losses, because you learn so much more by learning that than ones who never share that information at all, because just, they're they're afraid to share that.
0: You know, it's funny you say that. I I wrote a blog recently on how to manage panic. You know, what are things in life that you could do to kind of help you take a look at the scary things and manage it. And one of the things, and you just touched on it, that I use is kind of what I call my tried and true. Stephanie's tried and true panic tips. One of them is actually totally against what most people who know me would think I would be. So I'm a very positive person, very optimi- very much an optimist. But one thing I do when I get in a panic situation or I feel vulnerable or I get nervous or things are scary is I like to look at the worst case scenario first. I actually believe that for me... And I'm thinking about this when you're talking about it being terrifying to put yourself out there. I like to, when I come up to a situation that makes me extremely nervous or panicky, think, what's the worst thing that could happen? So what's the worst thing about putting yourself out out there? Okay. F- failing. Well, let's be real. Many times when we fail, we learn from that and we actually grow to and soar in ways we never could have if we hadn't failed in the first place. Or for me, you know, what's the worst thing if you stand up for something you believe in, or if you say something to your boss, or, you know, you make a financial decision that is a big one, right? What are some of the worst things that could happen? And I find for me that the things that I think are really, really bad when I acknowledge and own them, they're really not so bad after all. And actually many times I'm like, okay, well, if that's what happens, I can pick up and move on from it, so I believe in kind of accepting that worst case scenario and running with it. And I feel that way and putting yourself out there. What's the worst that could happen? Someone thinks you're crazy, or someone thinks you're you're different, or you fail in front of someone. And I really don't think that's at all that bad of a thing.
1: It's not. It's funny you should mention that blog because I was that was one of the questions I had in my head that I was going to ask because I read it and it just came out on a oh, That's awesome, Yeah, I read it uh, two days ago, and I love what you had to say, but. I'm going to weave this a little bit differently, sure. Uh, because of your background in theater, and you said that you've done improv. Mm-hmm. It, this whole, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? It's that leaning into the fear, it's, it's taking on that risk, and you knowing that that everything is going to be okay when it comes to at, through at the other end. And I will have learned a lot. It, it, it's I I I equate that to, to uh, the things that I've learned through improv, because yeah, you just lean into it. You go and you go right through it. It's, they also use that uh, as a brainstorming tool. If you were trying to figure out how do we grow sales? Well, what's the, how could I kill sales? What's the worst idea ever that I could use to kill my sales? And you'll end up finding ways that you'll grow sales quicker than. Exactly. The, yeah. Cool. Exactly. So let's talk about this book, Color, yeah. to, Color Today Pretty. How did you come up with a title?
0: Oh, my gosh! Well, that is a story that I must share because I believe that the best things for me, when I get like those brilliant moments in life, it happens in like one of three ways. I'm either in the shower, I'm driving down the road, or I'm sleeping. It's the weirdest thing. Like no joke. when I'm I have an idea about a blog, it comes in one of those ways. Well, for this instance, it was probably. Six years ago or so, I had a dream and it was one that when I woke up in the morning, I couldn't shake off. But in that dream, I, my husband and I must have been watching way too much uh, America's Got Talent because I was Salmon Cowell in female form. <laughs> Which is big. I know, right? What an image! Yeah. And, and if you know me, you know, and you, you and I have had many interactions. I, I like, his essence is not at my core. I am way <laughs> too nice, right? I have right. a different perspective than he does. But here I was, um, the the person that stood between someone's dreams and their reality. And it's a lot easier to judge these people who come on America's Got Talent when you're watching them on TV, but I was a nervous wreck here having to make these decisions. Well, this young boy walked in. He was, I remember him like it was yesterday, this scrawny kid with blonde hair. And he walked in with a canvas and his um, creative utensils. And his talent was going to be some form of artistry. Well, I can tell you from the moment he started to paint or draw, it was horrific. I mean, I had to tell him, (laughs) dude, you got to get a job. This is not going to be you know, your claim to fame. So when I shared this news to him, I was expecting what most people, how most people react when you watch the show. They either are extremely sad and in tears, or they're so mad that they use a lot of expletives. And, and there's usually not many in between. He didn't do any of that. Instead, he took his canvas, he brought it over to me, and he gifted me with a smile. And he said, that's okay. I just want you to go color something pretty today. So I woke up from this dream of this kid who told me to go color something pretty today. And I swear my friends and my family and coworkers probably wanted to admit me into a mental institute because all day (laughs) I was analyzing this dream. It was crazy. I kept focusing on what was I trying to be the judge at in life? You know, why was I Simon Cowell? Why was I so miserable? Just a mean human being. And about halfway through the day, I realized that that dream wasn't about me. It was about this little boy. And how this little boy acted and interacted with me. You see, I realized that he had a choice. He didn't, you know, there's a lots of ways to get from point A to point B in life. And I was sitting here thinking that I stood in between his ability to have this Mm -hmm. dream make it a reality. But this young kid taught me something different. He was like, yeah, you think that's a straight line from point A to point B, but there's lots of ways. And you're just one way. So. He, what I realized at that moment is he couldn't control my reaction. He couldn't control if I was going to help him reach his dream. But he could control his reactions and his responses to what happened in life to him. He decided to color that day pretty, to take that moment and make it purposeful and meaningful. And he wasn't going to let me stop him. I felt like in that dream, it wasn't so much, look at me as a young kid, this young kid, look at me, I was able to do it. But he charged me by gifting me with this painting and said, pretty much, hey, Stephanie, it's your turn to go color something pretty today. So that began a new shift in my life to stop looking at life from a certain lens and shift my lens to see the beauty in the the mundane.
1: (laughs) 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 My, my, My jaw came on here. It's like, Wow.
0: I know, cool dream, right?
1: That is, I, God, yeah, that is a really... now I, I, I get great ideas in the shower, never in a dream, sometimes <laughs> in, a, in a car, but not to that degree. I, so that's how you came... The, the title came to you in a dream.
0: Got it. And for actually a few years before that, I'd been feeling this need to write. So I would get up in the middle of the night when I had insomnia and I would just write about something that was heavy on my heart or that I was trying to think about and I needed to process it. And then I got that that dream, and I remember waking up, and after I figured it out, I called my husband. I'm like, oh, my gosh, my book is colored today pretty, and I know what I'm doing now. And it became my life purpose, and it actually has now become a movement. I mean, I've really believed in my heart that if you can embrace this mentality, you can do
1: anything. So uh, I, I, I'm extremely jealous for a couple of reasons. One, you live in Louisville.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, Louisville. I mean, Louisville.
1: I'm Louisville. Two, uh, that your title came to you in a dream and you wrote it from that point versus I wrote my book and uh, I asked Kathy, I, 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 it, it was excruciating to try to come up with a, t- I, I could, I mean, uh-huh. failure, failure, fa- it was just terrible. And then I was at an NSA meeting and asked some, somebody said, how's your book coming? I said, I'm struggling with the title. They said, give me the backdrop on it. And I did. And they went, Hey, how about take the out number of numbers? that quickly it's,
0: it's brilliant i love your title Uh-oh. it is brilliant
1: and uh, maureen zapala uh, i give her all the credit for it but it was just one of those things like boom, boom. The, the, people have different superpowers yeah from what, from, and, and that's not one of mine so your book came to you in a dream and i have looked through it. basically you're an open book
0: It's funny you say that. I usually tell people I'm an open book, and now there's literally a book that you can open and you get every single thing about me the good, the bad, the ugly. And there's nothing in it that is like, you know, I've got life figured out, guys. Like, this is how I'm doing it. Instead, it's more of a journey that I've experienced to help me look at some really tough things that have happened in life and find the purpose and help me to take that moment and allow it to help me grow instead of hinder my
1: growth. Um,
0: but it's an open book. You're right. I talk about some pretty heavy and some pretty light things.
1: So this is, these are little vignettes. These chapters are little vignettes about stories of your life.
0: It is. It is. Wow. And, they, and they're, and with, this is what's also really beautiful is There were elements of my life that I'd never talked about. There's actually an entire chapter that um, had been secret until my book came out. And there are things that I just, I wasn't sure the right timing. And as I started to write, I started to realize that not only was I gifted with the title of my book in a dream, which is pretty cool. And I'm waiting for the next dream. So I get my next (laughs) book title, Uh, but I, I've realized as I took what I was writing that I had actually figured out a path on how to find perspective. And it breaks it into seven sections that was so organic. And it's helped me realize that there is a way for people to focus on the things that matter. But sometimes we have to go through an acceptance process to get there to be able to see through the right lens to be able to to focus you know our spectacles per se and really see that at the end of the day the only thing we control can control in life is ourselves
1: well th- there's there's a lot of synergy between this interview and the one that's before you like uh, I interviewed Carrie Seschel she's a former uh, partner in an accounting firm who left and started her own business but the themes that you are talking about in some ways are pretty much kind of the same themes that she was talking about and uh-huh. you guys have, have have never met which now this is just
0: you introduce us
1: yeah i am I'm, I'm definitely going to do that but it's it, it's it's interesting uh perspective cuz i've never i'm, I'm almost so <laughs> what was the one chapter that you kept secret or can you still hey. keep it a secret? Oh, I can,
0: to- I can totally tell. So when <laughs> I was, it's, it's a little heavy, so bear with me. But when I was 16, I was um, sexually harassed by my driver's ed instructor.
1: And yeah. okay. it was a
0: situation um, that was pretty horrific. One that, you know, now, so that was 20 years ago, give or take. And back in that day, I had no cell phones, you Right. Know. And there was no way to document wow. any of this. So, when we called the police um, after I'd been threatened that if I did, I would be found and he would, you know, yeah. there were, he would find me and my family, um, the police didn't believe me. They believed him. And the police actually told me when I was 16 that if I ever spoke about that, that I would go to jail for slander, not him for what he did. So, for 20 years, I didn't talk about it. I didn't say anything. I went to an all-girls school I so badly, just wanted to get up in front of my sisters and share these stories. Mm-hmm. Not so much to defame somebody, but more to empower people to say, right. hey, this could happen. And here are some things that you need to be aware of and ways to put yourself in different situations. And I was never able to do that. And when I started to write this book, I knew that there was a chapter. I knew that I needed to acknowledge this. And it was a piece of who I was, a piece of my journey and a piece of, a part of finding perspective was for me to own this situation and figure out how I can take a piece of me that was very broken and piece it back together and realize that even though kind of like a, a hot plate or a, you know, or the the stained glass, right? Sometimes you have to break things apart to put it back together to make you a little bit more beautiful. So I, I use that as a way for me to realize. And as I was writing it, see, a lot of my writings were my way of working through this. So every chapter, it's not like I started to kind of like that dream. It's not like I started the chapter knowing what the outcome would be, but I knew it was something I needed to work through. And when I finished the last word on that chapter. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I literally felt like with every word I wrote, I was like adding a feather to a set of wings that allowed me to feel free. And here was this thing that had kept so silent for so long that now I'm free from. And I talk about it now very openly. Um, I've not, you know, and it's all good. It's Mm -hmm. Our culture is a much different culture now, but it is something that was so important to help me figure out perspective because I could have looked at that and seen myself as a victim. Right, but instead, I'm allowing it to help me be victorious and to move past it. It's not about what happened; it's about what I've done from it.
1: And that's chapter fifteen, Broken Beautiful. You
0: got it. As you
1: were as you were describing it, I was I was looking through the table of contents. I said, I think it's probably this one here. Yep. Uh, now, courage is not the right word to use. I don't even know what the right word to use is. To, is to be able to sit down and write that and share it with the world. Courage is, it's not strong enough. It's not a strong enough word. I, I I applaud you uh, for doing that. And, and, you know, we all have stuff. I'm going to leave it at stuff. We, we all do. have, we, we all have stuff. And, and a lot of times we don't, we don't own it. We, we bury it. We suppress it. We, we, but it never goes away until you confront it. Face to face. I like
0: to Well, and thank you for your really kind words. Um, I don't know if it's courageous or it was just time or it was just, I had to do it, but it was one of those things where it was totally worth it. But as I was writing it, I realized I kind of use an analogy of like my life and all of our lives as the growth of a tree. So bear with me with it because I think you'll understand it. But, you know, I feel like in life we all, you know, are planted. We're here as a seed and we go through good and bad to grow, right? It takes the rain to help us grow and it takes the sun as well. And as we grow, we go through these experiences and our root systems start to kind of break out. And sometimes we have wonderful root systems, great family, great experiences and other parts of our root system we would love to just chop off and throw away. The problem is if you chop off a part of the root system of a tree, when the tree finally makes it through the ground and gets a trunk. It's not nearly as stable as if it had its entire root system. And I truly believe we're all meant to kind of be like the essence of a tree and the fact that we pollinate others. You know, we go through this process of really creating beauty in the world. I share that because I think that it would be really, really easy for me or others to deny situations in their life, much like this one that I just shared and almost cut off that root system. In doing so, what it would have done is it, it would never have given me a strong enough trunk to withstand any other hurricanes or you know tornadic, tornadic situations that came. I needed that experience to give me the strength to be able to manage what ha- will happen next in my life. And I think it's in owning that and realizing that I can't control this man. I can't control what the police did. I can't control how other people think about it. There's nothing mm-hmm. I can control, but I can control me and how I've allowed that to impact my life life and to make me stronger for it because I'm here because I've got to do something to help make the world a better place and to help other people be able to see the beauty and everything. So I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm going to let it propel me.
1: That's awesome. I, 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 I I love that, that recognizing there's things that are within my control and there's things outside of my control. And a lot of times, whether in life or at work or in corporate America, whatever, we tend to focus all of our energies on things that we have absolutely no control over. And, nice. and it just spins us out of control versus focusing only on things that we have control of. You know, I can't fix Congress. I, I but I am. I don't I don't worry about that I, I right. what I can control is writing voting, writing to them voting that's about it or getting more involved but I, if, if I, I I've got a lot of friends and who are so fixated that, that, that uh, it begins to take over their lives and takes over their personal and business life and it's like whoa, whoa whoa focus on what you can control and, and work on that and, and yeah that was that was well said by you.
0: Thank you. Well, I've really started to realize that. And I kind of did a introspective search in my life. And I'm like, okay, I'm five foot two. I live in a family of six foot plus people. I can control (laughs) that, right? I can get high heels. I can try to be taller and stronger, right? I can't control it. At the end of the day, I'm short. You know, I I, I straighten my hair every day. I like straight hair. I have curly hair my hair is naturally curly. I go outside and it rains, it goes curly. So I can't even control that, right? So all of these things in life, we think we control, not only from us personally, but you think you can control that promotion in life. You think you can prep for the future, you know, financially. You think that you can raise your kids perfectly. There's all these things you think you can control, but at the core of it, cannot control any of it you can influence it and you can do beautiful things with it and you could try but the only thing you can control is your reactions and responses to life you can you can shift do you is does life happen to you or for you and i really yeah. believe that that's important
1: yeah yeah exactly it, it's it's it really just comes down to at the end of the day your attitude towards everything
0: exactly
1: uh, and if you yeah i i've see it so much and in, in, the world of corporate America, I see it a lot in, 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 in the profession of counting, of trying to control. I'm, I'm trying to control the other person's response or this or that one. We have we can't control that. We have to listen to what's happening and make and, and make assumptions or conversations or something based upon that. But I can't control what they do, what they say. But we're going to try to control. Because if you leave this office two minutes early, you will be fired. Right. Right. I had to fire someone uh, uh, at a a corporate job because uh, the associate couldn't get there on time. It was a culture thing. It wasn't a personal thing, but it was within their culture. They were always late. And because they couldn't adhere or we couldn't control them, I was told to let this person go.
0: Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah
0: those types of things, because at the end of the day, then we start to see that we're letting the letting our world, our culture, other people's expectations of us dictate us and we're letting them control us. And at the in our at our core, at our essence, if you really want to live a happy life, a fulfilled life. I really don't believe that that's the way to do it. You know, it's not about are you the person that shows up on time? I mean, I know you need to do that. And there are things mm-hmm. in life that need to happen, but goodness gracious, there's so much more depth to who we are when we bring to the world, you know?
1: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, 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 looking through the table of contents, the so one chapter I wanted, uh, another I wanted to ask about was in the live life childlike, mm-hmm. you write about the present.
0: Oh, <laughs> Yes, is, and isn't that a beautiful for this time of year?
1: Is, and that's my question. Are we talking the present of a gift? Are we talking the present of being present?
0: So let me tell you a little bit about that. When I have taken a look at the trajectory of how to live in life in perspective, I realized one of the elements is taking a look at the people in our life that are the least calloused. And to me, that are that those are my kiddos. Those are the young ones. Those are the those new those you know one, two, three year olds. Not when they're throwing temper tantrums, but outside of that. Um, and I've known some people who don't have kids. I'm like, you can even see this in our animals, right? The essence of at our purest form, how are we supposed to be? We're supposed to be humble, honest, quirky. You know, confident. Um, risk taker. We don't stress about the what ifs and the could ifs, right? So the live life childlike section of the book is really focused on getting to the essence of what our children can teach us. So the present and is actually a, uh, a chapter about my daughter. And so my, I've got three kiddos, uh, two boys and a girl. My daughter's the middle one.
1: And, ages, ages. Uh,
0: so my youngest, it's three, four, and six right now. I know, and in December, the older two go up a year, but about two years apart. I'm crazy, crazy, crazy over here. But my daughter is, they're all special, but she's really special in a sense that until she turned two, she didn't speak. She was a very happy kid, and the muscles in her face, because she smiled so much, never were were able to be formed to help make certain words, so she never spoke. Mm. And so at about two, we started speech therapy and we went through this whole journey. And so it was, that was about the time I was in the essence and the, the heart of writing this book. And I wrote, it was, it was actually this time of the year, right before I put up the Christmas tree and we started to get stuff in the mail and um, her birthday is right around Christmas. So the whole chapter is about, here we are putting up this Christmas tree together and we are living in the moment and she is thanking me every second of the way, mama, thank you for this ornament mama thank you for this beautiful tree mama thank you for time together and you have to know and I I don't I share I do have a chapter on her with her speech delay but you have to know her talking to me was a beautiful thing because for so long I never thought that would happen but her heart her the purity of her heart in thanking me for the things that so many of us oversee and overlook prove to me just how beautiful the moments are that we have been given and the little things in our life, the beautiful and the mundane. So the present is all about, we not only should be living in the present, but we can be a present to another person. And if we live in the present, that actually might be the best present we could give somebody.
1: Wow. As soon as you said that, I mean, I, I, I saw my my face is kind of wow. I, yeah, I, I, I love that. Simon Sinek, he's got a quote out there that kind of along this line it's about leadership. It says leadership has nothing to do with your title. True leadership is the positive effect that you have on another individual. And as soon as you said the present, we're pre- give a present to somebody, that quote. Something to my head and it's a positive effect we have on other people period
0: period if if i were to question and or to do a survey and say what's everybody's purpose in life right and we all and we sift away the outliers and we talk about you know really at the core our purpose is to make a difference and influence the life of another i truly believe that and i'd don't think that that can be done if we're always behind our phones, if we're always on the computer, if we're always looking for the next best thing. if during this season of giving, we're focused on giving tangible items. Instead, literally giving of ourselves and being present in the moment, I think is a beautiful thing for anybody, but especially for a leader to do within his group, especially for a supervisor to do it within their staff, especially for coworkers to do it amongst one another and family. You know, there's so many, it's so critical. And I truly believe that that is the best gift. Don't worry about buying wine or you know a UK t-shirt. Just kidding. Hey
1: hey 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 UK hey. Slow, slow, slow down there. Slow down there. Don't go. Don't go off the rails on me now. I'm not. I'm not.
0: <laughs> um, but at the core, those things go bad. You know, you'll drink the wine it'll go away. Your shirt will disintegrate because you wear it at every game. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, but the gift of you—that's something that will be forever
1: cherished. Yes, it is, and and. That gift that can be given in in, in so many different ways. Um, I, I share a story that after I heard the the that quote from from Sinek, it really resonated with me. And I was flying through um, D.C. at Reagan, had like a ten o'clock flight. Go to the uh, the men's room and hustle and hustle and flight uh, that flight. That the uh, bathroom attendant was there, and he looked like he had a hard day, hard week, hard month, and he's just trying to keep up. The place was so spotless, and, and nobody just even paid attention to him, So I kind of, next time I said, excuse me, sir. I just want to say thank you for the hard work that you're doing here today. I mean, you, I, can, I can't imagine how busy this place gets, but you've kept it absolutely spotless. Work. I just want to say thank you. Mm-hmm. And that guy kind of raised up, straightened up, looked at me and says, nobody ever talks to me. You're the first person to want to talk to me. Two, the first person to say thank you. My boss doesn't even say thank you. And you, the, the, the look in that guy's face, went, it was just, and I went, oh my God, it's, he's cynic's right. That's leadership right there. The positive effect. Dear Washington, D.C., the positive effect that you have on other people, not the negative effect, the positive effect.
0: I have to say, um, I had a similar experience. It was just as beautiful. I was actually traveling to a speaker's conference and I'd taken a couple copies of my books because you never know when somebody needs that in their life. But on the way home, my luggage, it made my luggage too heavy. And I'm like, I can't, you know, spend an extra $100 to check my bag. So I took the five books out and I was carrying them around. I had like two or three hours before my flight. And I kept thinking, what am I supposed to do? See, now that I've found perspective and I live this way, I find that everything in life is very purposeful. So to me, I'm like, okay, I'm carrying around five books for a reason. So I started to sit back and watch. And the people that looked underappreciated, I walked up to them. I did the same thing. I said, I just want you to know, I don't know why I'm supposed to do this for you, but I feel like I need to give you this book and I need to thank you for what you're doing. And I did it to my waiter, who, I mean, it was amazing. He's actually an author. I, there were two men that we were all waiting. Our flight got delayed. We were all miserable. And yet through it all, they were so positive. And I gave all five copies of my book away. And it was literally one of the most magical days of my life, because exactly what you said, here I was having the opportunity to thank people for something that is such, so thankless in our, you know, and overlooked in our lives.
1: Exactly. And that's, I, I think you did, was, was this conference, um, influence? Because sure I remember you did share that story uh, yeah. with me. Because when you say that, I said I think I've heard this before. But yeah, yeah. that is so cool that, it that. a. Re- and welcome to the world of being an author and a speaker. Because now you have to check more luggage; it weighs a lot more because you carry books. <laughs> but the yeah, flight right. back, but the flight back is usually lighter, and it's right. Yeah, right. But it was
0: purposeful. I know, was- so I was very excited. I was not meant to come home with those books, and who knows how the power of perspective impacted their lives and kind of did a pay it forward initiative. Um, I just, I believe in that. And I believe that your mindset has the power to change so much in your life. And I just want more people to be able to be open their eyes to see the world. I kind of, lately, I've kind of felt like the essence of what I believe is if you can see the good, then you can be the good. And I truly, at my core, believe that and think we are all capable of being able to see
1: the good. Yes we are we sometimes we just have to take the blinders off or or better yet sometimes you just need to to stop
0: yeah
1: and just and just look around uh and, and, but we get so you know, i I know this is a pot calling the kettle black here but we get so wrapped up in our our lives and our business that we forget and and transparency i I've, I've been on the other side and recently i've i've said you know i, I i've missing we're missing too much stuff so i'm i'm for the most part, stopping working on the weekends and spending time good. with with the with the family and stuff and, and doing stuff. So yeah, it's and, and you do see a lot more. You do experience a lot more.
0: But you know that's not easy, and I have to say that's why Color of Day Pretty works for me because I am not like a good Weight Watchers person. I am not. I cannot follow a diet for the life of me. I try to exercise every year, and I fall off the rail. My, at the end of the day, if there's something that I'm supposed to be doing and I miss one day. I think, oh my gosh, I'm a failure, and I just can't get myself motivated. Color Day Pretty isn't about that. I actually believe it's a it's about life is a collection of moments, and you get to choose every moment. So right this second, we get to decide if we want to have a night, have a good day, have a good moment, and in ten minutes, when we get in the car and someone cuts us off on the road and we have road rage, and we're like, oh my gosh, I just did not have a good moment. That's okay. I can have a good moment now. It's a it's a mindset shift that doesn't have to happen all the time because life is, I mean, life happens. It's real. We make mistakes. We have challenges. We have struggles. We got to own that stuff. We're not perfect. There's actually a whole section called perfect imperfection. And we've got to accept the fact that we will never be perfect. That's okay. But it's not like a diet. This is a a lifestyle shift that can happen at any time of your life. And because of that, it's something that resonates with me and works for me. And it works for so many other people because Mistakes happen, things kind of push us off right? We right. sometimes start working on the weekends, but you can pick up here at any second and decide I want to make good in the world
1: yeah it's um you don't become a leader if you just attend a leadership seminar it's it's, right. the, it's the everyday stuff that you do and realize that okay I, I I may forget I may not do something this one day, but the more I can do it, it creates that habit exactly. right? from, from Seinfeld from when he started doing stand up and writing he would write something every single day and and people who know him that i know have said that he has maintained that he has not broken that chain at all and this is how many years later but it's just taking those little steps and, and those little steps how can people find you and find your book
0: Easy. We've been talking about Color Today Pretty. Go to colortodaypretty.com. You can find me there and a link to my book. It's also on Amazon if that's easier for you to go look there. Um, but if you go to Color Today Pretty, I actually do a regular blog and that gives you ongoing inspiration. The book gets you started. It gets you headed in the right direction. But if you just need your, that kind of fuel for the week, um, colortodaypretty.com will get it for you.
1: Great. Um, I, I've enjoyed this. It. I I'm I'm serious. We could probably talk for that four hours. Yeah, we Uh, could. Yeah. Uh, We will have to follow up again. But any last words for for the audience?
0: I just really believe at our core, we have the ability to make a difference, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of others. And I truly believe it all starts with stopping and realizing what we can control. And that's you. So I just hope, every moment when you get the opportunity to make a choice on how you're going to color that day, that we all choose to color it pretty.
1: Wow. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking time. It's 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 a pleasure. I look forward to our paths crossing again soon. Um, take care of those three little ones of yours because they'll grow up. My son used to be that age. He's now 18.
0: Oh my goodness. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. and I always love talking to another UK fan. <laughs>
1: I'd like to thank Stephanie for literally being an open book and sharing her thoughts on how we can change our mindset to gain a better perspective. She has a wonderful message, and I love this book that she's written. Since the interview, I have purchased it, and I have read it, and it is truly a a book that's worth everybody's time to read. Thank you, Stephanie. In episode 18, which airs on December 24th, I will take this time to reflect back on the Change Your Mindset podcast interviews and share with you bits and pieces from each episode that I want you, my audience, to remember and apply so you can become more future-ready. So without further ado, I want to thank you all for listening. I want to wish everyone a very happy holiday season. And remember, share this episode with a friend.